Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Angie, an estimate rocket. Welcome to Paint Ed. My name is Torlando. I am your host, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, great to be with you today. Um, exciting new year, exciting things happening uh, in the world of paint. Um, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of concern. But overall, in my opinion, the outlook is good. It's a wonderful business to be in and helping our customers uh, love their lives, love their homes, love their businesses, um, create spaces that they're proud of. It's a great place to be. And, um, you know, we've got some fun stuff happening at the PCA this year. The Expo, of course, is happening. That's coming up. Uh, when is that? February 22nd through the 24th in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Go to PCAPaintEd.org backslash expo to uh, register for that. I believe there are actually even scholarships available, uh, which is a really, really great opportunity for those who are maybe a little bit newer in business who want to check out what the expo is all about. Um, go check it out because you're going to learn a lot of things. In fact, every year at the beginning of the year, we bring on as guests the people who are going to be speaking and presenting and today is no exception i've got landon long who is a uh partner and attorney at evans davis um and we're going to talk a little bit about estate and business planning today i know that there are a lot of folks who are really interested in this topic and i'm really excited to have him on um if you would like to listen to this show on um you know podcast make sure that you are subscribed uh apple podcast google podcast spotify soundcloud um but if you'd like to watch the video i highly recommend downloading pca overdrive where you can get 500 plus hours of video content it is 5.99 a month um for non-members and it's free with your pca membership go to pcapaint.org to download it or find it in the app store so you know i'm no stranger to difficult things uh things that come up in life there was uh there's this thing that sometimes i talk about that the, the disruptive D's, things that can happen in your personal life, your business life that can cause major disruption, can cause pause, can cause you to uh, can cause your your business to shut down. You, you, you know, you got to move forward. You got to change things up. Um, these disruptive D's are things like divorce, um, death, uh, disinterest in your business. Maybe you just get so burnt out that you're done. Um, uh, drugs, disability, um, you know, there's a handful of them. And when those things come, I will tell you that in your life, there probably be one or two times in your life where you will face a major earth shattering 
disruption. One that will cause you to want to just give up. Um, don't give up. But when that time comes, the best way to endure it, the best way to get through it is to have a plan. And when you're a business owner, especially a small business owner, the, the connection between your business life and your personal life is so intertwined that it, it is really, it's almost impossible to separate the two. You know, it's not like the kind of thing if you were working at a corporate job where, you know, one of these things happens, you could take a leave of absence, you can quit um, and then go find another job somewhere. When you own a business and something like that happens, um, it, it it's just kind of this lingering thing that you can't really you can't let go. Like you still have to pay attention to it. Um, or else it will cause some major, major problems. And uh, like I said, I'm I'm no stranger to that. Um, so when I think about what you know could have happened, what could have done. So a little background. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, I went through a divorce. That was my disruptive D. Um, I was kind of blindsided by it. Didn't know that it was coming. Um, should have known, but I just didn't. And it took me out, you know, it took me out emotionally, um, spiritually, um, in terms of the business. I just, I, I just couldn't do it. I had to wind things down. I had to figure things out and it was hard. It was really hard. I made it through it. I made it through it. You can, but I wish that I had more people in my corner, more advisors, especially ones that are familiar with the risk that can come. And that's why I have Landon Long on today, because we're going to talk about this. So I'm really excited to bring on Landon Long to the show. He will be uh, an expo speaker. Um, Federated Insurance, our, our industry partners, asked him to come along to the show and uh, present on this topic. And so without further ado, let's go ahead and bring on Landon Long with Evans and Davis. Hey, Landon, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing really, really well. Really, really well. Good. So thank you for, for coming on, my friend. Of course, man. This is, this is awesome. I, I really enjoy doing stuff like this and kind of breaks up some of my day and um, get to, to talk to a lot of good folks like you. So I appreciate you having me. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, by way of a little background, you are a, a, a partner at a, at a law firm that um, kind of specializes in, in estate planning and business planning. I saw that you have um, experience in um, multi-generational wealth transfer. So uh, I think people who own businesses who are uh, maybe in a family business or who are um, in a partnership are really going to want to tune in because it sounds like you have some uh, expertise in this area. You want to share a little bit about your, a uh, little bit more about your background and, and uh, the things that you kind of concentrate on. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be happy to. So um, I've been, I've been with, Ev with Evans and Davis for about eight years now. Um, our focus is really on a couple things. One 
um, our, we have a heavy focus on personal estate planning. Um, what happens to me? What happens to my stuff? What happens to my kids if I die? Um, then we have another uh, kind of the other 50% of our business is a heavy focus on representing our business owners. About 85% of our clients are small business owners. Um, small meaning, you know, everything from a sole proprietorship up to, you know, uh, larger contractors that may have three or 400 employees. But um, at the end of the day, we know that a lot of our clients and our business owners, they get so, so focused on the day-to-day of, of running the business. I mean, a business is like, it's like a child. Um, it, it constantly needs attention. It constantly requires a lot of time. Um, and, and we know that. And so we like to step in and help our business owners think about things they probably haven't ever spent a ton of time thinking about. What happens to, to my business if, if my partner walks away? What happens to my business if I'm not there to run it? So about 15 years ago, um, we shifted our focus to be exclusively on those areas. Um, and it's allowed us to um, create really amazing partnerships with groups like the PCA um, and other national networks for contractors. So, um, you know, I'm sure you guys have seen some of the statistics, but less than 30% of family businesses make it to the next generation, um, mm-hmm. which is crazy. I think, I think it's less than 12% to the third. Um, and I think one to 3% of family businesses make it to the fourth generation. And, and our goal is to really um, change that dynamic because, um, you know, our, our world, our, our towns, our cities are run off the backs of small businesses. Um, and so right. our goal is to make sure that, that, you know, whatever the plan is to the next generation or, or we want it to go to our employees or whatever it is, um, our goal is to step in and fix your problem and then step away and let you go back to doing what you're good at. This, what we do isn't something that should take away from your day-to-day practice, your day-to-day operations. It should complement it. Yeah. Um, and then just know that next time you're on a plane and you hit turbulence, there's really no reason to worry because the plan's done and it's in place. Yeah. I think that, you know, as a, as a business owner myself and, and just knowing what my day to day looks like, um, what you say, you know, really, really speaks true. You know, there's, I, we, it's funny cause we were kind of talking about this before we, you know, started recording, you know, there, there are people, when you're running a service business, there are really kind of two major roles. There's the people that get the work and the people that do the work and those in terms of like your calendar and your, your time that you have, the people who get the work, their day is really broken up into like one hour meetings where they're going from one appointment to the next, trying to, you know, sell or bid more work. And they don't have really, they don't really have that much time to put in the project. I mean, for those of you, you know, who are, you know, doing, doing a lot of bids, imagine trying to go paint something right now. Um, you know, you wouldn't get very far because because your painters need, you know, a half a day to a whole day of uninterrupted time to get that work done, which means that all of this uh, business planning stuff, um, it is really easy to just kind of go by the wayside and be just another line on your never ending you know, to do list that's not going to get done. And I think that this is where as a business owner, it's very important and smart to have in your pocket a team of advisors, you know, not not necessarily somebody on payroll, obviously, but a team of advisors that when 
this type of business work needs to get done, you can go and, and get it done. Um, I, I agree. And, you know, yeah. you think about, you think about your, you know, your typical business owner. Um, most of them don't even have an internal bookkeeper. Um, most, most of my clients, you know, it's, it's, they, you know, they are the business or maybe they have, you know, 10 or 15 employees and they may have an office manager, but very few of my clients have inside general counsel, inside tax right. counsel. And, and it's kind of the same way for me. You know, I don't have a, a painter that I hire full time anytime we need something painted around the office, but right. you know, I call, I call you guys when I need a job done. Um, and you guys come in, you do the job, you fix my problem. And then I call you again the next time I have a problem. And, and that's how the relationship is like with most of my, my clients, you know, I tell people I want to be the last attorney you ever want to work with. Um, right. I don't want you calling another attorney. If that, if that happens, it means I've probably done something wrong or just isn't a good fit. And I know most of my business owners feel the same way. And so, um, I, I'm a business owner first, attorney second. So I get it. I get how, how our businesses run. Um, I, I understand the, the painting space too. I've got, um, gosh, probably between our attorneys, we probably got several hundred paying contractors as clients. So we, we get it. Yeah. We know our business owners are busy and we know how to kind of craft a solution to where they can stay on the job doing the work or they can stay on the phone bidding out jobs and still get this piece done. Um, yeah. At the same time. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> and I think that's, I think that's an important thing to, to note because, you know, I, I try really hard to make sure that this show is not, uh, you know, a direct commercial, you know, for, for the guests. Um, but this is one area where I see a lot of our contractors on our Facebook group and in other Facebook groups trying to get legal, trying to get legal advice from other contractors. And I'm just like, don't do that. <laughs> like don't don't ask you know your 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 fellow painters about this like maybe maybe they you know had a lawyer who you know put in a certain line in their contract or you know or something like that but but this is this is a topic in particular where if the i's are not dotted and the t's are not crossed i think you can get in really uh big trouble and that has implications um, you know, for your family, for your partners, for your team. And so I think this is a really, um, this is a serious topic. Uh, one that I think needs, um, you know, just, just real attention. So let me, I kind of want to segment this and, and talk about, um, you know, the, the, I look at people who, who bring in partners and then I also look at people who, you know, have family businesses and they're the, the dynamics are different, you know, because, uh, you know, with a partnership, um, choosing that partner, um, who, you know, <laughs> relying on that partner, um, you know, sometimes it's not you that is going to get disrupted. Sometimes it's them, you know, what, sure. what happens if they, uh, get over leveraged and, and have serious debt and they can't, you know, they can't go forward. What if they get disinterested? What if, um, you know, they go through a divorce and, and our MIA for six months, you know, I mean, maybe they're showing up, but they're just, you know, sure. not there. Right. Um, let's talk about the differences between what planning needs to go in 
for that case. And then we'll kind of shift to talking about family business because there are a lot of family businesses in our, in our industry as well. A lot of husband and wife, uh, teams that, that, uh, you know, the wife end up, ends up getting roped in and <laughs> bless, bless their hearts. And, um, you know, cause of their incompetent husbands, they need the help. But, uh, uh, let's, let's talk about these partners first. What happens, uh, what, what do we need to know and, and be prepared for when we enter into a partnership? And, and I may even back up one step um, and, and talk about something that would apply to partnerships, family businesses, and just one man shows um, where I just go out and hang my own shingle. And, and what we wanna talk about is asset protection. Um, so anytime I get involved with the business, the very first thing that I look at is how are we organized? Um, you know, there's a lot of different ways to protect yourself personally, um, but at the at the foundation of any organization, especially in the contracting space, we want to make sure that you're protected personally. Now, every state's going to be different. Uh, a lot of times we're going to use an LLC or a corporation, and the idea is that each state has said, hey, Tornado, you want to go start your own business? Awesome. We'll let you do that, and we'll give you some additional protection, meaning that if you or on a job site and somebody gets hurt and it's your fault, your business could be sued, but you can't be sued as an individual. Um, and if right. you play by our rules, the state's rules, we'll give you some limited personal liability protection. And so regardless of if you have a partner or if you're, you're in business with your spouse or you're just on your own, the foundation of every business needs to be some kind of corporate form that provides that protection. Um, and, and that's huge. I mean, it's, I know it's easy to go set up a DBA um, and, and start your business. And a lot of my businesses start that way, but we need to transition that into something that's going to give you protection. So that if you're sued, they're suing your business and not you, the individual where they could come after all your personal assets. So that'd probably be my first point. Um, because that, that's just so applicable to all forms of business structures. Yeah. Um, now let's talk about partnerships. Um, most of the time, uh, I've got, I've got clients that go into business with people could be their brother. Uh, it could be a friend. It could be, you know, maybe they worked for somebody else together and decided to split off and, and do it themselves. That's awesome. In a lot of respects, a partnership is like a marriage. Um, you know, you, you're picking somebody that you're going to spend a lot more time with than probably your spouse and family. That's just the reality, you know? Um, and so while I can't help you pick the partner, that's that's up to you. What I can do is I can make sure that if something happens to you or your partner, we've got a plan. I've got four partners. Um, and, you know, if you ask them, they probably would say they like my wife more than they like me most days. Um, <laughs> and, and I understand. <laughs> it's the way it goes. Um, you know, we, we, we get along great. But um, at the end of the day, I can't predict what's going to happen to myself or to either, you know, any four of them. And so going back to what Tornado said about the D's, we oftentimes want to talk about some form of a partnership agreement. You'll hear it called a buy-sell agreement that says if something happens to one of the partners, we need to have a way to terminate that ownership or have an option to buy it back. You know, the, the easy examples are if I get hit by a bus today, absent a buy-sell agreement, my ownership goes to whoever my estate plan or my will or whatever it is says, which is most often my wife and kids. Mm -hmm. Well, at the end of the day, my, my business partners, though they love my wife, 
they don't want to be in business with her. She's never ran a law firm before. She doesn't right. know how that works. Right. Um, you know, if, if I walk in on Tuesday and I say, guys, this is fun, but I'm out, you know, I need, I need to, I need to go home and take care of my mom or, uh, this just isn't working. I'm going to go do something different. Well, they can terminate my employee status and stop paying me my salary, but until they terminate my ownership, um, I'm still a partner. I still get a percentage of the profit. I'm going through this right now with a client of mine. Um, uh, She started up a a professional practice and she had a friend that helped her just kind of get it going and she just gave her 5% ownership. Well, she called me a couple months ago and said, hey, this 5% owner just told me that she's moving to Australia um, and she's not going to be doing anything with business anymore. Um, What do I do? And I was like, well, do you have your buy-sell agreement? No, we didn't do that. I was like, okay, well, now we're a little stuck because we're going to have to go negotiate this deal. And she's like, oh, I'm sure we'll be fine. We'll just offer her a little bit of money um, and she'll accept it and we'll get her ownership back. Three months into this, we're about $80,000 apart on what we think it's worth versus what she thinks it's worth to the point Mm -hmm. where possible that 5% minority owner just stays in the business for the foreseeable yeah. future because there was not that buy sell agreement. She decided to quit. We had no mechanism to terminate her ownership other than, you know, potentially dissolve the entity and start new and, and all that, which we didn't want to do. So you're really planning for things that happen to you and things that happen to your partners outside of your control. Um, yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. So you, <clears throat> one thing that you, you mentioned, and I, I'd, I'd love some advice on this. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned this idea of like, well, I like you, but I, and I like your wife, but I don't necessarily want to be in business with your wife should things go wrong. So let's say, you know, I get married that, you know, I've been married for a while, let's say, and, uh, I've got no, you know, prenuptial agreement or anything like that. Um, I enter into a business partnership. Um, you know, we get a divorce, um, business ownership is a marital asset. Um, how, how do we write, how do you write the, the buy sell agreement in a way that, you know, protects that asset? I mean, is that possible or does she just own part of the business now? That's a great question. So, um, obviously that could look like a number of different things. It's a lot easier to get ahead of this. You know, if, if you've got a partner that's not married, it's a lot easier to go and get that agreement in place before they get married so that the time the marriage occurs, then we already have the foundational document in place. But let's take myself for an example. I was already married when I bought in the law firm. Um, and what, what our partnership agreement says is, you know, at the end of the day, if, if my wife and I get divorced, in theory, my ownership of the law firm is one of our biggest assets. So our partnership agreement gives me the opportunity to try to keep that away from her um, in the event of a divorce. And if I'm unable to do that because of the property division or the, or the way the judge rules, what happens is my partners then have an option to buy her out. Um, and she is signed on to a spouse of consent. Um, when, when we signed, when we bought in a law firm and signed our partnership agreement, she signed it too, um, saying mm-hmm. she's okay with these provisions. Now that doesn't mean she's not going to get anything for it. Um, she'll get, you know, paid, but, um, she can't have the ownership. Um, and, and that's important because, you know, having a, a, a widow as your business partner is a whole lot different than having an ex-spouse. Um, there's just yeah. a whole different dynamic there. And and the other thing that's key in these agreements, too, is 
let's say I can't keep the ownership away from Cassie in a divorce, my partners buy her out. Well, we need to go ahead and set those payment terms and that payment schedule because I don't want my partners to have to go to a bank and take out a loan just to buy her out and put you know, right. the business in a, in a tough financial spot. So literally we go ahead and spell out what those terms are, what the interest rate is, how long does the business have to buy her out? That way it's completely clear um, and there's no issue uh, there from that perspective. Uh, okay. Okay. That's uh, that, that makes a ton of sense. So definitely an important thing to think about when you're going into a partnership, because you know, that, like I said, these things happen. You don't, nobody wants them to happen. Nobody plans on them happening, but if you live life long enough, something is going to happen, you know? That's so exactly right. And, you know, at the end of the day, our, our businesses are going to, you know, we are coming to an end. Um, I haven't met yeah. somebody that, you know, it, I, I hope I don't die for many, many years, but at some point in time, something's going to happen to me. It's, it's yeah. inevitable. And so all I want to do is make sure that when that time comes, my family, my partners, everybody's on the same page and there's nothing to fight about. Um, there, there, there isn't. Um, right, right, right. So when we're talking about, um, you know, getting in business with family, um, how does that, how does that planning change? Like, what are some of the things that we need to think about and look about? Because from, from my perspective, it's, um, there's there are added sensitivities you know i mean you know a partner like you said sure it is like a it's like a business marriage you know but ultimately um you don't have to have thanksgiving dinner with that person uh but with you know with family and like i said in our in our industry um there are a lot of spouses that are partners there are a lot of siblings that are partners um and there are there are a healthy amount of you know multi-generational as well. I think, I, I don't know the numbers on this, but just from who I've met and talked to, there are a lot of spouses who are partners. Um, I, in my business, my brother is my partner and, yeah. you know, we do, we have, <clears throat> you know, Christmas and Thanksgiving together. And so, um, when something goes wrong in business, um, or in life, preserving the family relationship is, uh, is, is, is really important. Um, and, and, you know, same for, same for spouses. So those are kind of two different things, really. I mean, if you, if you're in business with your spouse and let's say you guys get a divorce, well, that's one thing, but if you're in business with your spouse and you realize you want to be married, but you don't want to be in business with each other, that's another thing. So, so how do we, how do we plan for all of these contingencies? Yeah. So one, for, for any non-spouse partner, brothers, siblings, parents, I, I tell all my clients, treat it like it's, an, it's a non-family member. You guys can be brothers at the end of the day, but you're partners. Um, and so all the rules that would apply to, you know, or all the recommendations that would apply to somebody that's running a business with a stranger apply to you too. Now, the spouse is a little bit of a different question. Um, you know, obviously, that's, I would say, Gosh, I, I wish I had the data on this, but I'd say it's in my smaller family businesses, it's it's probably more likely than not that both spouses are involved in the business to some degree. Now, maybe maybe different, you know, varying degrees. You know, there may be one that does more than the other. There may be one that 
runs more the office side and one that does the bidding and the, and the service side, but it's, it's very, very common. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, um, depending on the timing, you know, when did we get married as to when did we start the business? Sometimes, you know, we'll have a prenuptial agreement that, that talks about the business that says, if something happens to our marriage, this is what needs to occur. Um, if the business is created during the marriage, you know, obviously some of that's going to be off the table. Um, and so what we oftentimes do is we get creative with more of their estate planning. And what I'm talking about is, you know, utilizing some type of, of tool, whether that's a will or a trust or another estate planning tool that, that kind of lays that out. You know, um, I've got, you know, some businesses that my wife has no interest in. Um, and if something were to happen to me, I've got provisions in my estate plan that says she can sell them if she wants. If she wants to just dump them and move on, she can do that. I've got some other clients that have very different opinions and they say, well, if I'm gone, my wife is more than capable of running this thing. Um, no, she may have to bring in a, a high end office manager or general manager to come in and do some of this. And we'll literally kind of spell out the roadmap to how we're going to get there. You know, we'll put tools in place like, um, I just had one the other day that said, I'm gone. My wife can do all the back office employee HR stuff. The only thing that she can't do is the bidding. And mm -hmm. I said, well, who, if you're not here to do the bids, what are we going to do? Well, we're probably going to need to poach somebody, you know, from a, from a competitor. And I said, great, well, let's figure out what that looks like. And literally in their estate plan, what we did is we actually took out a, a life insurance policy on the husband set it aside specifically so that if something happens to him, we have a bucket of cash now that we could go use and poach a high-end general manager. Mm -hmm. I've even taken it a step further in some situations, and we'll go find that person and have them sign an agreement that says, if I'm gone, they agree to come on board and help my wife, and we'll set out the comp structure. Now, we don't have to go that far, but, but sure. we have so many options and so many tools, depending on what the client is looking for that, that we what i'm looking for is a seamless transition of the business um, right. that looks like a lot of different things depending on the circumstances but at the end of the day if something happens to a marriage um, and every marriage is ending it's, it's going to end one of two ways death or divorce right. when that time occurs i want the business to succeed I want to beat the odds. I want to beat that 30% odds that the business is going to fail after the first generation. Now, how we get there, I've got a whole myriad of tools to, to do that. It just depends on the family dynamic and what our overall goals are. Yeah, absolutely. So, <clears throat> it, I mean, the, the, there's obviously so much that goes into this that, you know, we're not going to, be able to come up with a, a full plan on uh, on a podcast um but i i am where i'm where my mind is at is that it is urgent <laughs> it feels a little urgent yeah. I, am i am i wrong about this i mean do, you know like to right now especially it's the winter and you know the, the slowdown a lot of people are you know they're, they're laying people off um you know bids are a little bit you know leads are a little bit slow cash is a little tight um you know just how urgent is this yeah I, that's that's the 
the million dollar question, right? I, I mean, the answer is it is, it is urgent. You know, um, none of this matters until something bad happens, right. but I don't know when that's going to occur. And, and if I knew the answer to that, then, um, I'd be happy to share it with you, but obviously I don't have that crystal ball. Um, and so, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> what I tell people is, you know, at the end of the day, this is something that probably needed to happen a while back. Um, but, you know, th this winter, when it's slow for a lot of folks, is when we start these conversations because they have a little bit more downtime. Um, they're, you know, at the end of the day, um, having some kind of plan in place that this isn't like a insurance policy that you may or may not use. We're going to use this. Mm -hmm. I just don't know when that's going to be. I right. hope it's not for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, but it could be tomorrow. You know, um, I, I can't, you know, I can't tell you how many clients that I've had that, um, delayed this process. And then I get a phone call saying, dad just died and he was the sole owner of the business. Um, and he never got his estate planning done. Um, and, and not that I, we don't need to go into this too much, but, um, you know, absent a proper estate plan, um, our business owners are in trouble. Um, most, most states have what's called a probate process. So if you haven't done proper estate planning or you just mm -hmm. have a will, um, and you're a business owner, if something happens to you, most of the time your, your ownership of that business has to go through a court process called probate before anybody can be in charge of the business, make decisions for the business, own the business. Every state's a little different. Um, but, but probably, I think it's fair to say on average, you're probably looking at a six to nine month process, mm -hmm. um, where, you know, there may not be a bank in town that would give you a loan or a line of credit for that six to nine month window while, while the court is dealing with the estate can't tell you how many times I get that phone call. It says, dad died. What do we do? And I say, gosh, we're going to have to do a probate. Well, what does that mean? And we kind of go through it and they're like, wait, so I've got nine months before I can really be back to full time, you know, back where we were. And I said, yeah, very, that's very possible. Yeah. Um, and you guys know uh, a business that, that can't function on all cylinders loses value rapidly. Um, yeah. And so whatever the goal is to get it to a, to the next generation. Um, maybe it's to sell it to a competitor. Maybe it's to, you know, bring up some key employees to take it over, man. When, when my owners don't have this planning in place, I, I'm a little bit stuck. You know, there's just only so much we can do. And, and, um, I have clients who get frustrated at me, you know, and they're like, why is this, you know, I haven't heard anything from you in two months. What's going on. And I'm like, well, remember, you know, the state says we can't do anything for two months. So there's just nothing to do. Um, you know, in, in one of the states we practice in, when we start a probate, we have to file a notice to creditors. And literally for 60 days, there's absolutely no action that can really occur inside of the estate with very few exceptions. And the clients are like, what are we doing? And I'm like, we're sitting because um, the state yeah. knows we have to because whoever, you know, owned the business before didn't do the proper planning. So um, urgency is key. Um, you know, if you get sick, it's time to do the estate plan. But even if you're 22 and perfectly healthy, it's probably time to look at this, some of this planning because we just, we never know. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, what's, what's truly at stake here, you know, I mean, cause part of me is like, well, this sounds pretty bad and pretty urgent, but 
also like it is just a business, you know, like it, you know, most businesses don't succeed. Most businesses don't outlast their owners. Um, you know, what, if I just let the business go, like, you know, what's, what's truly at stake here? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's going to be a different answer for, for every person, but I'll, I'll talk about me. Um, you know, at the end of the day, this is, this is what, puts food on my family's table. You know, uh, my business is, is how I provide, um, I've got a four-year-old and a one-year-old and, um, that's how I pay for diapers, you know? And so, so for me, it's very personal. Um, I've got to be able to take care of my family, even if I'm not here to do that. I need to have my business plan needs to be able to take care of my family. Um, probably next in line for me is I've got 45 employees, um, that, you know, at this point are, are, some of my best friends and, and some of the people that I spend more time with than my own family. And I don't want something that I do or fail to do to impact their ability to take care of their own families. Um, mm -hmm. so I, I, that that's very personal to me. And then on top of that, you know, we have tens of thousands of clients that we've had relationships with for the last 20 years, um, that I care deeply about. And, and I want to make sure that, you know, if I'm not here to take care of them, somebody is, you know, this, this law firm still exists to take care of those people. Um, and, and then I think there's always kind of that, that reputational thing, um, that, that, you know, whether we admit it or not, a lot of, a lot of us kind of have that in the back of our mind, you know, we, we don't want to be known as the guy who had a business and then it cratered and then all of his customers and then, you know, employees were like, what in the world just happened? So, I, I think that some combination of those things um, resonate with most of my business owners. Obviously, they're going to have some other motivations, too. Um, I think they're going to have different backgrounds that they come from. You know, they may have um, other things that, that matter to them. But, but to me, I think most of my business owners would agree that, that those are important things. Um, and that's what resonates with a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so then, you know, on the flip side, if we if we do have you know, the plans in place, um, you know, what, what all bases do we need to cover and what will, um, what will it look like in, in the event that something does happen? Like what are the positive outcomes if we have all of these bases covered? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll go back to what we first started talking about, you know, step one is let's look at your business first because there's, there's liabilities out there associated with your business, you know, um, you've got guys driving trucks with your name on it. Um, and if they're involved in a car wreck, um, or if you, uh, get sued or there's a, some kind of safety violation or any of those things, I need to make sure that, you know, even though that could be a liability of the business, I don't want that to be a liability of you personally. You know, we don't need people suing you coming after your, your house and the money in your personal bank accounts and all that, you know, if your business hurt somebody, yeah, you, you may get sued, but I don't want that to be extended to you personally. So, so one, we're going to, we're going to talk about asset protection Two, we're going to talk about, okay, beyond that, what do we, what do we need to look at here? Do you have a partner? Um, do you have multiple partners? Do we need that by sell agreement? Um, if you don't, you know, uh, you and a spouse or it's just you, we're going to focus more on the estate planning side of things. You know, something happens to me, uh, something happens to 
to my wife, this is how the business goes. You know, we're probably going to look at things like key employees. You know, do you have some employees that if they left, you're going to be in trouble? You know, we've got two or three employees around here that, you know, run the, run the office. You know, I, I know, I know the legal side. I know how to talk to clients. Um, I, I don't know how to run our QuickBooks account. Um, I, I, I don't know how to deposit a check. You know, could I figure that out? Sure. But that's just never been my role. Um, but we do right. have, you know, some key employees that, that are honestly some of our most poachable employees. Um, and so we spent a lot of time talking about employee retention and, and all this kind of wraps together in, in your plan. That way, if something does happen, what I'm looking for is I'm looking for um, efficiency. I'm looking for uh, uh, transfer of the business to the new owners that's seamless. Um, and I'm looking to avoid any conflict. Um, uh, I'll give you kind of another good example. This is um, kind of on the other end of the spectrum of, of the example I gave earlier about the partner that moved to Australia. But I um, had a contractor. <clears throat> he uh, owned a business. Um, he decided to bring his brother in um, as a 15% owner. My client was married with kids. His brother, not married, no kids. And I talked to my client and I was like, hey, this is a business partner. I know he's your brother, but he's your business partner. He's like, well, he doesn't have a wife or kids. I'm like, well, that means that his ownership would fall to your parents unless we do something. And my client was like, yeah, I just, I don't think it's necessary, but if you think it is, just do it, we'll be fine. So I just did it. Um, I put it in place, brother signed it, off to the races. I didn't hear anything for two or three years. He called me and he said, you're not going to believe this, but my brother just died. And I was like, oh, man, I'm so sorry to hear that. He's like, he's like, what do we do? He's like, I know you told me I need to do the buy-sell agreement. We never did it. And, you know, it never got done. And I was like, no, I remember I, I pushed you to do it and you did it. <laughs> so here's the signed document. Um, yeah. like, oh, my gosh. He's like, I, I didn't know we did that. And I said, well, what we need to do now is, you know, his heirs, which were my client's parents, I said, we need to approach them and kind of run them through this document and talk to them about what it looks like. Um, and the way this document worked is we set a formula that valued the shares. Well, he didn't think it was going to be a big deal um, until the family fell apart. And, mm. um, you know, he got in a big fight with his parents over this deal. And his parents hired a lawyer and they started calling me and, um, we thought it was going to, you know, kind of boil over into this thing. And, and I just called the attorney and I was like, listen, man, I, there's nothing to fight about here. I said, your client signed this before he passed. We signed it. Like, there's just nothing to fight about. And the attorney was like, oh, I, you're right. He's like, I'm just going to call my client and tell him, take it and, and we'll be done. And what was going to turn into this huge situation was done in a phone call. Um, mm -hmm. And now my client's back to running his business. And so, um, it was quick. It was efficient. It was a seamless transfer of, of the business, and that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds really important because, um, yeah, I mean, you don't, especially where family is involved, and I can imagine if it's a brother or a spouse, and and you just don't have those things in place, that it can get pretty messy really quick. So it sounds like this is really just. <laughs> 
this is really just a necessary thing. It's part of doing business. And I, and I hope that our, our, our listeners uh, can take this message to, uh, to heart here. Landon, I, I really appreciate you uh, coming on our show today. Um, you are going to be at Expo in uh, February and uh, speaking a little bit more about this topic. Can you give us a little preview about uh, what you're, what you're talking about? Yeah. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to do a, a high level dive into um, what does this really look like for a client? We're going to we're going to spend more time talking about what an estate plan is, what your options are and what most of my business owners do. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about really diving into if you have a partner, this is what we need to be looking out for. And so um We'll, we'll be doing a deep dive on each of these topics. Um, and then I believe I'll be hanging around for a while after that to answer any questions. And, and if anybody has any direct questions that, that I can address, then um, I'll be doing that. But should be a really good time. Um, I, I really enjoy doing stuff like this. So um, I'd, I'd really encourage every, everybody to to come and hang out. It should be should be a lot of fun. Albert, if you haven't been to Albuquerque, it's a, it's a great place to visit. Um, yeah. And see some see some hot air balloons and eat some green chilies. So uh, I'm excited to be there and um, look forward to seeing um, everyone from the PCA. Awesome. And if people want to reach out to you before then, where do we send them? Yeah. So feel free to reach out to to me. Uh, My email is there on the screen. You're also welcome to call my office. Um, We, we don't have, uh, we don't have, offices in every single state. We have offices in about 18 or 20 states. Um, so we, uh, we represent and cover most of the United States. Um, but that's kind of our, our number that gets to our front desk and, um, they'll, you, you say you want to talk to Lane and they'll get you over to my team and my staff. But, um, I appreciate you, uh, letting me come on the show today and, and let me talk to your, your crowd and I look forward to, uh, to working with the PCA for many years. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. We appreciate you. All right. Thank you. All right, folks, there we have it. Landon Long with Evans and Davis talking a little bit about business planning and estate planning. Um, as as I was having this conversation with him, um, you know, the my mind and, and hopefully your mind certainly went to areas where you're just kind of like, oh, shoot, <laughs> I haven't done that yet. And and hopefully this lights a little bit of a fire under your rear to, to get some of these things taken care of, because the stone cold fact is that life happens. You know, it happens. You can break your back. You can go on. You know, you can. uh end up with a divorce you could uh you know one one big commercial job uh goes sideways and you end up over leveraged in debt you gotta you gotta figure out what to do uh this life is kind of meant to do that to us you know we're we're here not to move from you know grace to grace we're here to be tried and to be tested and and to to learn and you don't want to be on the wrong side of that lesson (laughs) you know you want to be prepared uh and that's the beautiful thing about being human is that you can learn from other people's mistakes you know a cat you can't tell a cat to not touch a hot stove like they can only learn the hard way 
but babies and, and humans, we can learn from other people's mistakes. So I hope that you take this, um, uh, this podcast episode to heart and that you do something about it. And that 2023, uh, not only it becomes your best year ever, but in the event that something does happen, that you have a plan in place. Uh, thank you so much for, uh, listening to the show uh again check out pca uh the the expo um registration is open february 22nd through the 24th uh my name is torlando of course you can uh, i talk about this all the time you can get the book sprint on amazon just search for my name and buy the book and we will talk to you next time thank you for listening to paint ed PaintEd podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.